Rolling over hills Winding round the trail Comes the signal of that old radio Searching with the dial Fingers trekking for miles They'll settle in the valley that they know From Opal City This is Opal City Radio 6.19 p.m., 6.20, It is Opal City Radio. My name is Mike, and with me is Emily. Hey, guys. Um, So, we have decided to leave behind the the lands of the of the new new cool stuff yeah and we're returning to our roots which are our comics of the past of, of clinging desperately to yes. to a past yes it's it's so it's so true though mm-hmm. um so we're going to do kind of like a little mini spotlight of yes. sorts yes we're going to shine the opal city radio spotlights on Drum rolls. Drum rolls. Uh, We're going to look at uh, Blue Beetles and Booster Gold. Yeah. We're going to look at some Blue Beetles and a Booster Gold. And a Booster Gold. Yes, indeed. Um, For those of you who don't know, and I mean, you should honestly know by now, Emily (laughs) and I are are pretty big Booster Gold and Blue Beetle fans. It's true. Um. This uh, Blue Beetles solo run, I, I read a little bit of it. Um, I remember actually buying some of the uh, of the back issues when I was when I was but a lad, <laughs> and I, I've always enjoyed it. You know, I mean, um, what what I liked about Blue Beetle was he was kind of like you know he's got kind of the Batman build where he's a rich guy. Yeah, yeah, who, he's a gadgeteer. Yeah, he's a gadgeteer. It's like, what if Bruce Wayne wasn't really cool? Yeah. What if he was a giant fucking nerd? Exactly. I mean, Ted Kord is um is superior to Batman in the fact that like he he's at least hopeful about things. Yes, yes. And you know he's not like with Batman. It's like, oh my god, Batman, please just like settle down for. <laughs> For like two seconds, bro. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like, just chill out. Like you couldn't have a beer with Batman; it'd be impossible. No, no. I mean, you 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 could totally bar hop with Ted Cord. I mean, and even if you didn't bar hop, he'd be like, "Well, I'm just gonna drink soda," and I'm like, "You know what? That's okay." That's and then he would complain about his heart condition. It's true because he can't have beer anymore because of his heart condition. He has a heart condition booster. Yeah, Booster. Jeez. No, it's okay, Booster. We know, um, we know he doesn't. But yeah, this was actually inspired by, uh, you know, scrolling through the internet as I am wont to do. <laughs> it's true. And somebody posted and it was like, oh my god, DC killed Ted Cord back in 2005. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, it has been 12 years it's it's been a long time since Ted Cord has died. And and then on top of that, I saw that um DC is doing a, like an online exclusive comic yeah. that's a tie-in with uh Injustice, the yes. or their new their new game Injustice 2. And in that comic, <laughs> they killed Ted Cord all over again. <laughs> Well, yeah, um, you know, Injustice is supposed to be kind of like a what if. 
Yeah, um, and it makes series. it make well they make it even more because tra- like his first death wasn't tragic enough. Yeah. With the whole it's Max Lord and you have OMAC and nobody listens to Ted Cord's warnings. It's true. Because they're all a bunch of jerks. And, you know, he goes in to confront Max, Max shoots him in the head. And then he does. He you shoots have, him right um, in the face. Booster Gold. Yeah, right in the face. Blue or uh, Booster Gold, who keeps trying to go back in time and fix this. And he can't because Ted's death is a fixed point in time. Right. Which is horrible. I mean, it, it's it's horrifying. So then in Injustice 2, they're like, how can we make this even worse? And they're like, yeah. I know. So they have Ted Cohort. I don't even know who the hell he's trying to fight off. He's fighting off whatever. It's probably an OMAC or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. It doesn't. It's not even important who he's fighting. So you have a Booster Gold who keeps traveling back in time to try to save Ted. Yeah, he cannot. So he go like I guess like and like one last time he goes back tells Ted, like, hey, they're coming, whoever's coming for you. He fights him off. He's sitting there. He's dying. Yeah. And Booster is there to hold his hand and to kiss him goodbye. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. This is where, like, Emily, like, begins to load her her shotgun. <laughs> I, I'm just, like, I, I just want to walk into DC's offices and just, like, flip over all their desks. And just one at a time. Not even, like, angrily. Just, eh, eh, just eh. one, just want Just walk up and just, like, push all their stuff off their desks. Just and one at like, a time. Oh, it's, it, yeah, this is about Ted Cord, isn't it? And I'll be, I won't even answer because they know it is. Yeah. Well, so... Yeah, so I was like, oh, what's what's crazy about that particular story is they've done it before in um, the new 52 Booster Gold series where he keeps trying to save Batgirl. Well, yeah, because Batgirl was the other fixed point because it was it was Barbara and Ted were the two that he was trying to save. Yeah. And he he's unable to keep Barbara Gordon from getting shot by the Joker. Yeah. Because that's also a fixed point. And I'm like, that's fucking bullshit but that's a whole nother podcast for a whole nother time well, yeah i mean they kind of disprove that too uh when you know in the new 52 series where oh she's you know, magically all better well i mean well yeah well first of all that but like <laughs> you know they have another thing where he's like uh like rip hunter's trying to teach him no there are fixed points in time and you can't change them mm-hmm. and then like literally like a couple of issues later um, like another time traveler shows up and he's like, oh yeah, fixed time is bullshit. You can fix those. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, I guess you guys must have forgotten about that. I, I don't blame them because trying to forget about New 52 is what I've been trying to do for a while now. Yeah, for like 12 years, yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was that real uh, realization that I have been so mad <laughs> for 12 years. Yeah. That I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this. So we're going to look at, we're going to look at Ted and Booster before they became everyone's favorite power couple. Yes. And I have a slew of um, like OG 
Blue Beetle comics, the yeah, whole and, like, and Dan what, Garrett what, stuff. Yeah, and like, what better place to start than with than with Ted Cord? Yeah, and examine what it means to be the Blue Beetle. The Blue Beetle, because even though he's not the first, no, uh, I think he's for a lot of people he is the baseline Blue Beetle. I mean, he's, when most people think of Blue Beetle, I think most people would think of Ted Cord because mm-hmm. I mean, with the with the o o o o o g Blue Beetle stuff. Yeah. It's mostly, you know, like they were comics in like in the, you know, like in the 60s and 50s. Yeah, I mean, Dan Garrett dates back to I want to say the 30s. Oh my god, I was I was like, no, I'll be conservative with. That. I had no idea this was yeah, no, reality. Yeah, Dan Garrett goes like way the hell back. Um which will be interesting to read like 1930s comic magazines. Oh, oh my god. Um but yeah, Ted Cord who started as a Charlton character. Yeah. Um, and then when I believe they went bust, DC bought them, or right. at least bought the rights to a ton of characters. And he got incorporated into the DC universe with Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. Because I believe the whole Charleston, Charlton thing was its own, its own Earth. Yeah, it was its own continuity, and so yeah. they they devised yeah. this whole like in <laughs> in in a move that still reverberates shockwaves in in like comic books. Yeah, they decided to unify their continuities. Yeah, which I mean, honest, I'll admit I've never read Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's something we should, really should cover at some oh. point. We should do like a comics I've never read, but I probably should have. Yeah, I mean, I, I've. I, I've read parts of it, but I've never like committed to it hardcore. Mm-hmm. So maybe we we'll we'll do a podcast on that where yeah. we both go mad. <laughs> but yeah, that was DC's attempt at cleaning up everything, which I can't fault them for because there was a lot of really screwy things that they did, like in the fifties. Yeah, they had you know all these alternate Earths. They had all these conflicting continuities and yeah. characters and they really needed to clean house so we don't blame them for doing crisis on infinite earths i mean well they couldn't how could they have seen the writing on the wall in the future yeah they couldn't you know? see that 30 years later like what exactly. they did the best they could at the time so yeah i mean i'm um, sure if they if they had the benefits of a future machine yeah and they looked at like what maybe happened, Maybe that's a fixed point in time and Booster Gold is unable to change it. I mean, he's been trying so hard to change it, I know, as he's like storms into the DC office. <laughs> Knocks everything off their desks. And they're like, this is about Charleston, isn't it? <laughs> um, so Ted Cord gets his solo series in 1986. Uh, a wonderful time. Yes. Uh, it was written by uh, Lynn Wen. Yeah. Uh, with pencils by Paris Collins. And it has like a, almost like a proto-manga look to it. Yeah, I noticed. Um, like the way that he draws faces. Yes, according to my notes, mm-hmm. and I have here written, there there are some, uh, there are some capitals in here. Um, Ted's girlfriend, Melody, is apparently yes. like an elf or something. Maybe an alien, Mac. Her <laughs> eyes are huge. <laughs> Yeah, everyone has like these really big eyes, and yeah. I like I know like manga and anime was actually influenced by American animation. Yeah, specifically, you know, Betty Boop and uh, Disney. Yeah, sure. So 
but it is it's like this weird like man if this had been published like 15 years later yeah i'd be like oh this is totally like a grab at yeah. the that like children that read manga yeah, I mean, I would I would agree with that. I, it's just, just really weird to see that kind of style because it really is American comic book standard. It's just the stylistic flair on the faces. Yeah, yeah. You know, is really unique. Yeah. So you have the Blue Beetle. Yeah. Who is Ted Cord. Yes. Who is a scientist. Yeah. An entrepreneur. Right. He is the chairman of the board of Cord Inc. Right, which and what I like about this particular thing is when he inherited basically the company from his father, mm-hmm. it was in financial turmoil. Yes. So it, it isn't like the standard where it's just like my father built this company, now I'm a superhero, you know, like it's just like, oh god, I've gotta, yes. gotta fix gotta fix this company, it's real messed up. So, yeah, so he resurrected CORD, which stands for CORD Omniversal Research and Development. Yeah, it's kind of a dumb name. But then again, there are a lot of dumb scientist names in the DC universe. Yeah, it's true. So his backstory, and honestly, I had forgotten so much of his hilarious (laughs) backstory, is... He was working with his uncle Jarvis in a lab. Right. And there was a lab explosion where apparently his uncle died. Right. And when Ted went to, like, look in, like, the rubble, he found these notes and maps and a film reel. Yeah. And he's like, this is all very strange. I know who can help me with this. Um, my good pal and archaeology professor, question mark, Dan Garrett. Yeah, because yeah, he's taking archaeology courses at the at the college. And, I, and this place not... t- takes place in Chicago, by the way. Yes, in case. which is also interesting to me that they didn't make up a city for him, that they kept him yeah. in a real city. I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it being, yeah. being set in, in Chicago, the, the Windy City. The Windy um, City. So, yeah, but so he he basically is like, yeah, let me look at these things. I think my pal Doc Garrett can help me. And it's like, wait, I mean, he's he's just like a professor. Yeah, he's he's an anthropology professor. Like, how can he help you with, like, your uncle's weird techno things? So they they figure out that uh, Jarvis is actually still alive. Yeah. And he is on a... Pago Island, and he is making a robot army? Yes. His uncle Jarvis turns out to be a supervillain. So, Ted and Dan, which again, Dan's an archaeology professor, Ted's just like some fucking science nerd. Yeah. They go to Pago Island, and they confront his evil uncle, who's like, I'm gonna rule the world with my robots! Yes. And Dan's like, no, you're not, because I have this magic scarab. Right. And when he says the magic words, he turns into the superhero Blue Beetle. Yes, yes, in his hilarious 1930s vintage suit. Yes, so he beats up the robots and he beats up Jarvis. Yeah. And... He actually, he, he dies in this fight. Yeah. But before he dies, he passes the mantle on to Ted. Right. I mean, Ted basically feels super guilty that he brought his friend here and his friend yeah. died to protect him. And he's like, yeah. I'll honor your legacy by becoming the Blue Beetle. You and know, like. 
as stupid as that all is, and it's very, it's a very stupid backstory. I mean, it, it's very cliched. It's it's, like, I mean, oh, it's okay. just like, Ted, why are you dragging your... Pro- like, what is... <laughs> did you guys just, like... What about all the other students? Like, was this, like, during the summer break? Well, I I mean, who who knows? I mean, did you not have papers of, to, to grade? It's, it's kind of... It's kind of implied that they're super pals. So, I don't know. Maybe Ted does a lot of extra credit work or something. Who knows? I, super pals. Um, so, don't, don't, don't go to that place, Emily. So, but what I do like is, unlike most other legacy characters, when a mantle is passed down and the next character, the next generation has pretty much like the same costume or like he would have used the scarab and right, you know yeah. had that T- Ted doesn't have that he doesn't have the scarab um he makes his own costume and he has all of his like little gadgets oh we're treated to like a super sweet mini training montage yes so he's got um he's got the bug which is his ship yes he's got his BB gun which uh is a non-lethal like blow dryer. Um, it, it has comic book powers in the fact that like it it's a strobe light and yes. it also shoots compressed air. Yes. Which, you know, I mean it that, that would do it wouldn't do anything. Like if this was like if you shined a strobe light at Batman, he would just kind of frown and then break both of your arms or something. <laughs> and he has his cowl, which can only be removed using um there's like magnetic tips like on his gloves. So if you try to like take off his cowl, you can't take it off unless only right. he can take it off. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty clever. Yeah, I mean, it is I, just like they, they make kind of a, like a, a big thing about him protecting his identity. And it's like, dude, you're just wearing goggles. Like, I mean, but when you look at the designs of like um, the Garrett Blue Beetle and mm-hmm. then the Cord Blue Beetle, they are kind of similar. Like they... Obviously, both wear blue. Yeah. You know, uh, Garrett's got, like, his little domino mask, and Ted has his, his dumb goggles. His, his beautiful goggles. Um, so this is what he did for a while. And then he kind of went into retirement. Yeah. And I'm assuming in the, in the retirement is when um, he got the business from his dad. His dad's not dead, by the way. His dad just, like, f- fucked off to Egypt to do things. Oh, right. Well, isn't, yeah, I think his dad has some sort of interest in archaeology as well. Yeah, so maybe that's why Ted was taking archaeology courses. Uh, Maybe they're all just archaeology nerds in in Chicago, who knows? I I, See, now I'm like this, I'm going to create this whole... They they dig up they dig up one real good dinosaur skeleton and they think they're hot shit when it comes to archaeology. (laughs) So... So, yeah, so, you know, he gets the company and he, you know, brings it back from, you know, disaster. Yeah. And he comes out of retirement because some jackass is setting fire to Chicago. Oh, my God. This this guy? Firefist? Yeah, his name is Firefist. And, he well, he's just a dude who's, like, in a lab fire and then... No, he's a bad guy who sets right, fire. Right. Well, but, I mean, of course. So everyone must burn if he was burned. You know. So I'm like, oh, God. I mean, cool story, bro. Um, and that you have like Ted having to deal with like the firefighters. Yes. You know, who kind of like 
I mean, like, the younger ones are like, oh, hey, it's Blue Beetle! And the yeah. older ones are like, we don't have time for this. We have, like, a fucking arsonist. Like, what's super rad is, like, when it, especially when it comes to 80s DC, because those were my favorite comics. Yeah, Were DC the older was, DC comics. Yeah. Their writing was so good. Like, the characters are, they're tropey and schlocky, but yeah. it's, like, believable dialogue. Mm-hmm. You know, which is something that, that we seem to have lost in, in the 90s and going onwards. Yeah, I would say DC, I think, I think my favorite period is, yeah, is the 80s and even into the 90s. They had yeah. some real solid stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's Ted in a nutshell. Um, Pretty much, yeah. You know, and then the whole comic is, you know, it's him trying to balance... Um, being Blue Beetle and running his company. Yeah. Um, he has a girlfriend he's nominally attached to. Yeah, I mean, well, the problem is he keeps, you know, like, breaking dates and stuff because he's he's the Blue Beetle. He's, he's the he's Blue gotta, Beetle. And, he's got to go uh, out in his Beetle ship. Yeah, um, you know, he beats up. I, I have the whole list of his his quote, end quote, rogues gallery. I mean, there are some unique creations in there. Um, we've got Dr. Alchemy. Well, yes, but he's a flash rogue. Yeah, well, but it's not the same. This is a different Dr. Alchemy. And yeah, but it, he's still, or like, um, what's his name? The Calculator. Well, yeah, the calculator shows up too. With his, like, but this is like 80s calculator, so like... He uses, like, he's got, like, some sort of, like, like visor, but he wears it on his forehead, and he can, like, create arms and stuff out of them. And you're like, wait, when? He's the calculator. What, what do these powers or, have to do with calculation? Or, okay, no, I found the name. Or um, his secretary's uncle, who turns out to be Kronos to be the Kronos. Time Thief. Yes, Kronos the Time Thief. You know, so he's dealing with all that. Like, everyone is apparently stealing from the company. Well, I mean, it wasn't Angie's fault. She was being, like, bullied by her uncle it's, into stealing. It's true. Um, also, I liked her glasses. She had awesome 80s glasses. Yeah, she has, like, those giant 80s glasses. Yeah. Um. So, you know, he's dealing with a lot of personal stuff. And then he has these jerks who keep showing up. Um. He has to fight against his tragic fashion sense. Oh, my God. He wears some clothes, let me tell you. Oh, my God. Um, Like, right right in the beginning, I have notes on his clothes. Oh, like, no, I have a bullet list <laughs> of his tragic outfits which no we're gonna we're gonna talk about his tragic clothes and then we'll talk about his supporting cast sure because the clothes are more important than yeah, anyone the clothes are what's more visually shocking i think <laughs> like the very first like civilian clothes outfit that you see him in yeah is a yellow sweater vest uh-huh a kicky blue beret <laughs> yes and a short sleeve shirt yeah. And you're like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, okay, 80s newspaper boy, like. You know, that's not the most offensive. But then, like, we get to, like, like, I, I was telling Mike earlier, my personal favorite 
a magenta windbreaker. Oh, God, yeah, this outfit. <laughs> a yellow dress shirt. Yeah. A green tie. Yeah. Green pants. Yeah. Pink socks. Right. Yellow Oxfords. Um, my personal favorite bad outfit that he wears is kind of near the end of uh, of the solo run, mm-hmm. where he's he's dressed like a fast food manager. So he's like <laughs> he's got a red and white striped dress shirt. Yes, he's got a gold sweater vest with a green K on it. Mm-hmm. He's wearing a green tie. And when he goes out of the room, I see that he's paired it with gray slacks and a gray sport coat. <laughs> and I'm just like, Ted, Ted, come here, sit, sit down, son. Like, I, I need to talk to you about, about Which this. Which makes, makes me wonder if he's colorblind. I mean, either that or it's just like... He's got no taste. He's got people who make the wrong decisions for him. And then that just makes me believe. I'm like, I don't think Melody really loved him if she let him dress like that. Well, maybe that's why she was like kind of secretly glad that he wasn't going on a date with her because of his awful clothes. (laughs) You know, she's like, Ted, you can't wear the lavender suit again. Ted, why are you dressed like an 80s newsboy? And why are you pairing this with an ascot? Like, I just or like... This black leather jacket with a red K, a plaid scarf, and an orange plaid shirt. Yeah, I, I also, like, he pops his lab coat collar a lot. Well, it's, it's the 80s, and he wanted to be cool. I mean, I, I guess, but, like, when, when you're... <laughs> Like, when you're wearing, like, a green checkered suit underneath your lab coat, you've got problems. So, this is what Ted's wearing to work. Yeah. Um, it's probably a good thing that he's not around a lot. Yeah. I would imagine it'd be very distracting. Yeah, when you're like You're there room. doing your, 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 like, science stuff. And then Ted rolls in and, and you just like startle yourself and you mix the wrong chemicals. Well, that's what turns you into like a reluctant supervillain, though. His <laughs> horrible clothes. Right. Well, like I, I like I'm, I'm working on like a moth repellent mm-hmm. and then he walks in and then like I spill the moth repellent on my hands and now I can only eat like like clothes. And I call <laughs> myself the moth. Oh, I see. Of course, I blame Ted Cord and his fashion companies. But see, maybe that would be good because then you could eat all of his ugly clothes. Well, no, but he would stop me, though, because, like, I'm not a very good... I'm, I'm the moth, Emily. I'm not, like, an A-list... Superman, like, doesn't even notice me. Well, but, I mean, Ted himself is an A-list. Yeah, well, right, exactly. But I, I can't even beat Ted Court. I could just eat his awful clothes. <laughs> well, but I mean, you would be hailed as a hero. I'd be, I'd be doing the Lord's work. <laughs> I just so, uh, in Ted's office. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have Angela Revere, who's the secretary, right? And she's been stealing from Cord. Because of her uncle, who turns out to be Kronos the Time Thief. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Who is an atom rogue. But yeah, he wants, like, devices so he can make time things. Yeah. But then he's also, like, really... He's real tragic, too, with fashion. He's like the... Oh, yeah, yeah. His with, like, the yellow really cape and, like, the 
green blouse and like his black he's, and white yeah, striped like, pants. Yeah, he's got pinstriped pants and then like he's got like the the, the weird like top bodysuit. It, it's it's bizarre. Yeah, it's it's. Uh. He throws watch hands at people though, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and then you know they they go back in time, and there's like dinosaurs. Yes, he fights Ted Cord fights dinosaurs. He totally does, and then he strands uh Kronos with dinosaurs. Well, I mean, he didn't want to do that, but Kronos left him no choice. No choice. And like, dude, you're the fucking time thief. Like, <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out. Who who knows? And then Ray Palmer can deal with you. Um <clears throat> Let's see, there's Melody Case. Right. Who is Ted's girlfriend, and she's also the second in command and a computer wizard. Uh yeah, I mean Elf or alien, not sure which. <laughs> yes. And I don't know. She's like an odd character. Because like she feels like like when they were doing this comic and they're like, okay. So he's the gadgeteer who's also a superhero who has the business and like he's a millionaire inventor. So he's like a, a Batman, Iron Man figure. Right. So obviously we need the girl... So they put in the girl. Right. And then Ted, like, has no significant interactions with this girl. Yeah. Whatsoever. It's true. She, there's a couple of plots that she gets into, but by and large, she doesn't really play a very heavy part in the comic at all. No. And, I mean, she's there at the very beginning to establish that they are dating. Yeah. You know, and he's like, oh, why don't you marry me? And she's like... Because I know what you dress like. <laughs> She's like, I will not marry you. I've seen your red striped shirt that you wear. She's like, I'm not going to wash your hideous clothes, Theodore. And then, yeah, she kind of just fades to the back. Yeah, I mean, she's like in, in an, an odd panel here and there. But really, it's like she doesn't like she doesn't do a lot of the, the weird tropey stuff. Like, you know, she's never like, oh, no, she was captured by yeah, my rogues like, gallery. Yeah, and actually, now, yeah, I'm realizing that now that you bring that up. Like, yeah, she's never kidnapped. Yeah. Um, She's not like, oh, but Blue Beetle is so handsome. Yeah, you know? it, that's true, too. And and you would expect that, it, like, you know, when it comes to, like, the tropiness of stuff. But, yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't do any of that she stuff. Does, or even she's not like, oh, that Blue Beetle is a menace. You know, there's none of that. Well, she does a little bit when when it comes to like the the G Gordon uh Godfrey storyline where like she's yeah. like oh well maybe like Reagan's right to ban superheroes. Oh my god, yes, when Reagan cuz he's the <laughs> fucking worst is like no more superheroes. And I'm like all right, Reagan, like Booster should let you get shot. Well, I mean, um, what's what's awesome about that is there's a headline of a newspaper that's in one panel where it's like Beetle defies the president nuts to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and then she shows up later with um, the whole Randall Truman story. Yeah. Where she's like, okay. Like, she's at her wit's end at this point. Like, I, I agree with her on this. Like, Ted's been fucking off doing the Blue Beetle thing. Right. Like, he is not running his company. He's not doing anything. This company is getting run into the damn ground. And she's like, if you're not going to run it, I will find someone who will. Yeah. 
And that's when she pulls in this Randall dude. Yes. Who, uh, you know, is very handsome and knows how to dress himself. Yeah, it's true. He does know how to dress himself. <laughs> and, you know, when he starts running the company and him and Melody kind of have a thing going on. Right. But then it turns out that he's married. Oh, no. And Melody is beside herself and she fires him right on the spot. Yeah. I'm like, that's don't don't take shit, girl. I mean, like, you know, maybe you should have like, well, I mean, it was the 80s. You couldn't really look at his Facebook page, I guess. Well, yeah, like, you know, if he doesn't disclose that he's married. Oh, he was hiding his ring, that that blackguard. Yeah, and then, but then it's also like, well, Melody, maybe, maybe she should have just, like, broken up with Ted. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously not interested in this relationship because he (laughs) literally has, like, it's 25 issues of him not spending any time at all with you. Yeah, whatsoever. She was was very underdeveloped as a character, I felt. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no no fault of hers. Yeah, it's true. Um, let's see. We have uh, Jeremiah Duncan. Yes. Who is the chief chemist at Cord. He is also stealing from the company. Yeah, I mean, he's being squeezed by an Irish gangster. Yes. And, you know, he's, uh, he, he that's that's why he's doing the whole stealing thing. The, the gangster comes back and, like, <laughs> I like that he was part of a group that, uh, what, what were they, the Mad Men? Yes, Mad Men, who are, like, Ted's, his, like, one, like, real rogues group. Yeah. That's specifically his are the Mad Men. I'm pretty sure they date from the 60s because they look very 60s. Oh, yeah. They're wearing like tie dye. Their faces are primary colors. and Yeah. Um, and they, they are. They just like run around being crazy dudes. Yeah. And like <laughs> apparently the one guy tried to make a run at straight crime. And then he was like, no, but now I'll be one of the Mad Men again, old son. Like, Yeah. It's like, oh. Okay. If you want, you guys seem pretty ineffectual as a whole, but whatever. I'm just saying, whatever. Um, but yeah, then there's the whole weird thing where it's like he gets kidnapped by um, by that catalyst dude. Yes, the French guy who can like control his body chemicals. Yeah, he's a human pharmacopoeia. Yeah. Where he can create any known drug through his fingertips. Yes. And that's how he like he he does things by touching on you. Yeah, it's it's it is true. He can, he can do that. So I'm like, that's an interesting supervillain power to have. Yeah, I mean, but he's not in it for too long. Like he makes a couple of appearances in the background, and then like be like Beetle beats him up, and then that's pretty much it. Well, I mean, that's kind of a recurring theme though with the villains that do show up. Yeah, they are kind of all very throwaway. You know? Yeah, is that because he doesn't really have an established rogues gallery outside of Mad Men. Yeah. So we have a bunch of borrowed rogues who show up, they have their story arc, and then they're done. Yeah. So there's no, like, recurring, you know, oh, this bad guy is back. You know, oh, you know, he yeah. was laying low, but now he's back again, you know. Right. I, you know, and I mean, the, let's, I guess Kronos is really who he fought most often because he fought him like two or three times, I think. Yeah. And then you have like, um, 
the whole thing with like the youth gangs. Yes, the 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 youths. There were so many of those those no good youths. Where he teams up with the question. That was one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I loved that so much. I called it like in the first thing because there's a crime boss and there's like the crime boss's son who wants to be an actor, but the crime mm-hmm. boss is like, no, you're going to be a crime boss, Harry. And like, <laughs> like basically he decides to put on an act as a guy named The Muse. Yep. And I was like, it's a guy's son. It's totally the guy's son. And then like at the end, you're, I was like, yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Weird, weird ending to that comic. Yeah, I mean, because it's like he, he didn't want to be in the mafia. So he put on this persona of the muse to like gather all the youth gangs in Chicago it was like to like overthrow the mafia, which I'm like, right. dude, that's not gonna fucking happen. He was gonna overthrow. Mafia. He was gonna overthrow the mafia to show his father that he was just as good, but he didn't want to do it. And yeah. uh, like, surprise, surprise, his father ends up shooting him, and then like he quotes Shakespeare as he dies, and then everybody applauds. Yeah, just kind of weird. I mean. I, I guess it's very, very dramatic. I, yeah, but I mean, he died, though. <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, the, the dad was real sad. Yeah, but, and even he was clapping. It, it was really weird. That's uh, all I I'm don't. saying. Look, all I know is my favorite part of that is when uh, Ted and Question are hanging out in the, the, the bug. Yes. And Ted's going to drop Question off so, like, he can, like, you know pound the pavement and because he wants to impress this like fucking science nerd yes vic decides that i'm gonna do the coolest thing and he just jumps out of the bug yeah pretty much yeah and like somersaults his way to the ground and i'm like vic what are you fucking doing? Um, we talked about this earlier, and I said that's like kind of the normal comic equivalent of like when Pa Kent gets superpowers, and immediately, yes. immediately to test them out, he hurls himself crotch first onto a wood saw, like a spinning like buzz saw. <laughs> Like, he went right for it. 100% commitment. He was just like, saw to the crotch, ultimate test. <laughs> I just, I just, like, Vic. <clears throat> I know, I know that Ted is very handsome. <laughs> um, But maybe you shouldn't hurl yourself to your death in an attempt to impress. Yeah. This, I mean, this science nerd. The question himself did say, like, whoa, that, that was pretty dumb of me to do, but... Yeah, I'm like, Vic, come on now. Like, I know those fumes that you were always inhaling. Yeah, they can't be good for him. No, maybe that, that impaired his judgment a little bit. I mean, that, and he always sprinkles himself with chemicals all the time, so who, who knows? Yeah, I mean, God only knows. Yeah. God only knows. Um, My other favorite side character... Is Ted's old college roommate? Yeah, uh, Murray Takamoto. <laughs> I'm like, I had to, when they introduced him, I had to read that a couple of times. So I'm like, surely I'm reading this name wrong. I mean, like... Surely his name isn't Murray. His name is Murray Takamoto, and he works at Star Labs. 
But I'm like, he's like a 20-year-old Japanese-American dude named Murray. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the 80s. I just... Fan, fanfic writers, please. <laughs> Give me a fanfic that explains this fucking name. Um, let's see. What was one of my favorite side things? Um... I think one of my favorites was with Mento. Oh my god, Mento! And I was like, Professor X, why are you in this wheelchair? You look weird, Professor X. I don't understand. And it turns out it was Mento. It was and, Mento. And, and he's like a crazy dude. And like, he's trying to beat up the team ti- the, the team Titans. Yes, the Teen Titans. Yes. And but it was the Teen Titans. Yeah, no, no, it, to- it totally was. Uh, but I said Team Titans at first. Oh, I see. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, he makes a group of people that are called the Hybrids to fight them. Yes. And um, because they're all like people who are dying and he saves them. And but he's actually like from Doom Patrol because Beast Boy knows him and he's like dad don't be crazy and i'm like yeah, oh but he's Garth. he's totally crazy <clears throat> but your dad's totally insane dude I'm- it's true and like what's funny is i was like huh well i don't know they they are kind of x manny mm-hmm. because you have the one girl who saps people's strength you have prometheus who looks like exactly like colossus yes yes you know mentos in a wheelchair and he's got mental powers i'm just saying I mean, okay. No, I'll, I'll believe it. All right. Well, there we go. I, I mean, but it's cool to see the Teen Titans because you get like Disco Nightwing. Yes, Disco Nightwing is totally in that. They also, they find Mento by looking him up in the goddamn phone book. Yes. Like, Mento, you friggin' yum-dum. Like... <laughs> I mean, Mento, maybe have your number on list. I, I just, why, so like, why? So, like, Starfire can't just, like, scream on you. Yeah, it's just, like, you, of course they found you. You put your address in the phone book under M for Mento. You know, it's like, come on, dude. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, it was it was fun to see the Teen Titans. Like, yeah. they had Jericho with them. They did, and I was like, oh, my God, imagine if this guy was, like, proto-John Constantine. <laughs> Or, like, Beast Boy, but back when he was known as Changeling. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, Wonder Girl was there. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Donna, they keep killing you, too. She's like, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks real bad, yo. <laughs> also, um, I'm on the same team with Disco Nightwing and, like, Cyborg, who's in his underpants all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cyborg, but he's not allowed to wear pants. No, no, he's not. He can no. have no pants. No pants for you, Cyborg. Uh, let's see here. We had the kind of oddly sweet storyline where, like, Beatles, like, bonding with the homeless community. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one. That one was sad. It, it was sad. <clears throat> it was a little bit sad. I mean, because they do a couple of stories where it's, like, issues of the time. Yeah. Where they do the homeless one where it's, like, he's tracking down the dude who stole, um... Oh, yeah, he stole the drug. Yeah, well, it was a serum because he had leukemia and he was trying to cure his, his own cancer. So he turned to crime to do it. Yeah, which I'm like, oh, that's a little too real. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then, you know, he's going through, like, trying to find him. And, of course, like, the only witnesses are these homeless people. 
And he's like, well, you're like super smart and well-educated. Why are you homeless? And the dude's like, fuck you. I can't find a job. Yeah. And he's like, look, this isn't like a life that we choose for ourselves. Yeah. It's like shit happens. It's like, or the lady. And he's like, well, you know, what's your story? And she's like, well, my husband died and I couldn't afford the apartment anymore. And like my kids are out, you know, elsewhere and they're married with their own lives and I don't want to be a burden. And that's why I'm living on the street. And and that's why this guy like knifes me. Yeah. And then, yeah, she winds up getting stabbed to death. Um, And then the other one they do that's like very timely, I guess. Yeah. Is when they go to Iran. Yeah, because you deal with, like, the Ayatollah and everything. and uh, Yeah. He's going to save this woman, and she ends up being like, no, I can save my own people, and they end up stoning her to death? Yep. Oof. Yeah, because it's like, you know, the, the Justice League is going to get involved, and they're like, I don't know if we can, and you have the Global Guardians, and, you know, Ted's like, well, I'll go and I'll talk yeah. to her. You know, it's like we have a branch, you know, in Tehran and I can speak Persian, apparently. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a that's a Debbie Downer of a story. Yeah, there, that Rouse. one was that one was pretty, pretty, pretty downer. But in the next issue, he battles Kronos, the time thief, and that's when he fights dinosaurs. So that that, that helped a little uh, bit. They balanced it out, I guess. Yeah. Um, you get, like, uh, Overthrow, who's a manhunter. <laughs> yes, he's a manhunter and also kind of a communist. It, yes. Um, and for the longest time, like, I was convinced that Randall Truman yes, was Overthrow. I was, too. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be Overthrow. Oh, my God, he's going to be. Oh, no, he's just married. And then, yeah, and then it turns out, like, oh, that was a pretty good bait and switch, though, because I was convinced I was like, oh my god, it's totally going to be this randy asshole. And I was like, oh. Yeah, it, well, well, I mean, because they introduced Overthrow kind of at the same time. And he's mm-hmm. got the same mm-hmm. hel- uh, hair color. Yeah. And so I was like, oh no, he's totally Overthrow. And then they, they were like, nope, he's not. LOL, LOL, Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I liked when the Chicago police, de- well, I guess it was just like one detective, one Chicago detective was investigating Dan Garrett's death yes. because apparently the Chicago PD has jurisdiction in Pago Island. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, what are you going to do? You just go up to the natives and be like, freeze, Mac, police, Chicago PD. <laughs> so, because this guy is convinced that Ted is responsible yes. for Dan's death. He is but- convinced that Ted Cord killed Dan Garrett. So he's trying to tie Ted Cord to Dan Garrett's death and they wind up going to Pago Island and he figures out that Ted Cord is Blue Beetle because like he's like, I'm a fucking detective. And you keep calling Jarvis your uncle like it's it doesn't take rocket science here, Theodore. Yeah, pretty much. And then, of course, like they they awaken like the indestructible robot guy. Yeah. Oh, because then then you have... um, that dude who is Dan Garrett's rival. Yes. Who's fucking around on the island and he puts his brain into the giant robot and yeah. they have to fight. Yeah. And he's he's like an indestructible robot man. Yeah. 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 And then kind of kind of a kind of a weak. I mean, it was appropriate that he was kind of like the last villain that Ted fought. Yeah. Because they had been teasing that one like for pretty much like the entire run, really. Yeah, yeah, with the whole 
robots. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you get like Dan Garrett comes back. Yes. And he's real mad. He's, well, because uh, the, the the scarab god was like, hey, beat up this other guy who calls himself Blue Beetle. What a jerk. <laughs> so they have their big fight. And then Dan, Dan Garrett dies for real. Yeah. And it's super sad. And like the scarab shatters. It's true. But then I guess the scarab's okay because that totally gets retconned because Jaime has a scarab. Well, yeah, because Ted Cord apparently picks it up and studies it. And then he's like, oh, this will like give me superpowers. And he's like, ah, but I don't like that it changes things with my DNA. No, I won't wear it. Yeah. So I'm like, Ted, you could have had the cool armor that maybe would have kept Max from shooting you in the head. I mean, maybe. 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 We'll see. It would have been worse if he had the armor. You know, they would have like tortured him with it. I, yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I like, I like pudgy Ted Cord in his like costume. <laughs> well, what's nice about the book in general is it's real light. There, there's a couple of heavy issues, but mm-hmm. um, it generally is a light book. I mean, it is. It's, you had the artist it, and writer put themselves into the book. Yes, I mean, you, you have my um. So I told Mike, I'm like, this is my favorite line from the comic. Which comes from the very first issue of rippling muscles bunched tight beneath bright cloth, fierce <laughs> eyes narrowed behind gleaming golden goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Which, settle, again, settle down. Settle down there. Just, uh, again, imagine Booster Gold giving him shit for that. Or, <laughs> like, I don't know, Ted, you this. Those rippling muscles as he, like, pokes at his fat. <laughs> and he's know? like, it's a comic book. A comic book. And he's like, look, I don't... When Max sold all of our, like, likenesses, I don't... <laughs> I have no control over this. He's like, you want to talk about comics? Let's pick up the Booster Gold run. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't We don't have to do that. We don't, we uh, don't, we don't, do we that. don't need to look at that. We're, we're, look, I don't want your fierce eyes narrowing at me. <laughs> Oh goodness! It was it was super fun though. I liked it. It is. It's it's a fun. It's a fun eighties comic book. Um, yeah. Again, but for me, it just reiterates like what a stroke of genius it was to take this character, put him into Justice League International, right. And then to team him up immediately with Booster Gold. Yeah, no, it, it, that is a fan. It was a great decision to do that. And consequently, I mean, JLI was really, really fun. Oh, know? my God. Like my my realization, you know, as I, got, I sit and I think about this stuff, because I have nothing better to do with myself. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, JLI was everything I want in every single superhero comic that I read. Yeah, I mean, you know. It, it wasn't events. Right. It wasn't dudes punching for the sake of dudes punching. It was right. focused on characters. Yeah. It was focused on their relationships. It had humor. Yeah. It had heart. And, like, there were actual stakes in what fights they did get into. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh, if Every single superhero book was like this. I would go bankrupt buying them all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely true. Um, I think that, like, for... I mean, they're a comic devotees, right? 
<laughs> and it's like there are certain comic devotees who only care about fights. Who yeah. only care about, like, but how hard can Superman punch? You know, like, it. it it's not about that, really. Yeah, you know? to me, I mean, that's just, it's boring. Like, I like Ted's solo run. I mean, okay, yes, it has the charm and the cheese of it is being published in the mid to late 80s. Yeah. You know, you have a super tragic wardrobe, which is like, yeah. whose decision was this? But, you know, there's also so much character drama going on. Right. With him and juggling his dual identity. There's the company. There's, you know, even a little bit with Melody and, like, her trying to deal with everything. You know, you get the whole stuff with, you know, the secretary and what she's being forced to do because of, you know, Kronos the Time Thief. Yes. Um, You know, even with his old roommate who, you know, is involved with Star Labs, you know, there's like a whole drama arc with him. And it's like, that's what makes it interesting is you have these specific characters and all the ways they tie into each other. And that's makes me care about your character. It is true. It is true. I mean, the 80s, the 80s were a good time for comics, you know, like, I mean... They 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 weren't afraid of trying new stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and I think Blue Beetle was a product of that. Like, yeah, they may have had a singular goal to be like, all right, let's take this old, you know, character and kind of like revamp him so we can use him. Yeah, yeah. You know, but at the same time, they weren't afraid to kind of take the risk of making him kind of like a, you know, like a, a, a do-gooding kind of nerdy, you know, like uh, inventor Yeah, he's, he's so charming with... With his earnestness and, yeah, and like I said, you know, that he is kind of in the vein of a Batman or an Iron Man, but it's without, you know, he doesn't take himself as seriously as Batman takes himself. Right. And he doesn't have all the baggage. That comes with being Tony Stark, right? With coming, you know, with being Tony Stark. So he is just this, like, fun, lighthearted. Yeah. Dude, who's doing his best to keep Chicago safe. Yeah, I mean, he's very relatable that way. Yeah, I mean, he's almost, I guess he's actually closer to maybe like a Peter Parker. Yeah, and I mean, that really, I think that that was, was my thought that I was going to kind of Which I think, do. if I'm not mistaken, I believe that Steve Ditko had a hand in Ted's creation. Uh, the, or at least would, that would make his sense. design, if yeah. I'm not totally mistaken on that. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it does borrow a lot from the classic Spider-Man, you know, like the balance of, of like life as a person and life as a superhero and how, <laughs> you know, it's not easy to do both at the same time. Yeah, he was created by Steve Ditko. Ah, see, there you go. That makes yes, a lot of sense. Back in 1966. There we go. Okay, that that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, but I mean, you know, and he's still a unique character. He's just not a Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I like that they never... Well, no, in his prime, I'll say, that they kept that charm. Like, you know, we keep referencing the whole heart condition thing and him being overweight. Well, that, you know, that came after the whole JLI thing. Right, right. Where you have Ted, who's like a little older. Yeah. 
And, you know, he, you know, the doctor tells him, and I think this was like in a Birds of Prey. Yeah. Where it's like, no, you have a heart condition. You have to stop doing this. Right. And then I love that you have Booster Gold there who keeps giving him shit about it. Because he doesn't believe that he has a heart condition. Because because why would Booster Gold believe that? <laughs> like You know, and then ultimately you have Ted Cord, who at the very end, you know, does what Ted Cord does, which is the right thing. That yeah. even though no one has his back, you know, all he just has Booster, which is it's always him and Booster anyway. Yeah. That he he does the right thing, and of course. It ends with him dying. Yeah. And of course, everyone posthumously realizing what a great hero he was. And yeah. I'm just, oh my God, Booster should have been at that funeral. Be like, you know, fuck all of you. Yeah. You I hated mean, him when he was around, you know. You know, it, it, it it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm not sure that it was the right decision to kill Blue Beetle. No, you know? because it also felt really cheap because... I was getting into him and Booster Gold as characters, like, right before that happened. And it felt like they were bringing them both back. And it was like, oh, that's cool. They're bringing them back. And then it was like, oh, you brought them back for the explicit purpose of killing Ted. (laughs) Right. Again and again and again. Which is a shitty move. And then yeah, then you have with Rebirth where you bring him back into the brand 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 new Blue Beetle. Yeah. And it's like it's like with the whole Hellblazer John Constantine thing. It's like the charm. It's it's gone. The magic's gone. Right, exactly. He's not the same character and you've changed him too much. Yeah, it's like I would love to see science nerd Ted Cord like geeking out and being like, oh, maybe I'm a little too old to be a hero. Yeah. But, you know, you take away um, the friendship he has with Booster Gold, which becomes a defining part right, of his exactly. character. Because it's always, I mean, there's an entire comic run called Blue and Gold because, you know, yeah, you know I mean, they're, like, they're homeboys. As, as soon as they are introduced into JLI together, like, it is, you cannot have one without the other. Right. I mean, they it's steal just, the Martian Manhunter's cookies, for God's sake. It's it's comic gold. Is it comic gold or comic blue and gold? Oh, ho, 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 ho. It's, it's magic. And yeah. you can't, it doesn't work if you don't have that second half of the equation. I mean, it's interesting to go back and read, um, like, their solo stuff to see who they were before they became blue and gold. Yeah. You know, and I like to see, like, oh, no, Ted was always this dumb nerd. Yeah, exactly. And Booster it's just always gets, was, you know, like the... The, the get-rich-quick dude. Right, you know? right, exactly. It's it, it's not Ted's fault that he goes along with these things. You know, sometimes he has to because his company is doing bad. But, like, yeah, you know, it's of course he would want to help out his buddy because he's Ted Cord. Yeah, and that's what I like, too, is that you can see the evolution of the character and... It's not this giant leap. Yeah. You know, where it's like, oh, well, I mean, in your solo, you were like this, but here you're being written like this. And the two, like, I don't see how they connect. Right, exactly. Yeah, except you can totally, you totally can see that. Oh, yeah. There's a total evolution. And I love it. And Ted is just a great, endearing character. He's just, 
oh, he's just so lovable and dorky. Yeah, and, it just it it feel and it feels so dirty the way that they did it. You know, and yeah, I'm I I will go to my grave. Being mad at DC for the way they have treated Ted Gord. So you're going to put on your your gravestone is also and, uh, fuck you, DC. You know, I think I need to write up my will and just include that. <laughs> oh my god! Have that carved on my headstone. Um. Well, we are going to be focusing on more aspects of Blue Beetle in the coming weeks. Um, yes. We're going to do some focuses on like the old school Blue Beetle. We're going to do some some Booster Gold stuff. We're going to do yes. a new Blue Beetle. We're just going to, it's it's Blue Beetle month. Blue Beetle with well, also Booster Gold. Yes, you cannot you talk can't have about one without the other. It's so true. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Oh my God, my favorite. Yes. So uh, we're Opal City Radio. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get in touch with us at opalcityradio at gmail dot com. You can send us all of your uh, your your booster golden and beetle uh, fanfics. Send um, them all to me. Uh, you can go on Twitter and tweet them at Emily in tweets. Please do tweet tweet at me about how much these nerds are in love. Uh, you can go on Facebook um, and and be linked to our uh, blog spot there, opalcityradio.blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to podcast.com if you're already a member there and sign up. Uh, we're on iTunes. You can just search us. We'll pop up there. And, uh, yeah, we're pretty easy to find. Yeah. We're, like, all over the place, man. It's it's true. Uh, and so uh, that will be it from us this week, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. This has been a production of Opal City Radio, now ending its broadcast day.